You've selected a show from the Podcast Jukebox, a DIY podcast network. Disability After Dark with Andrew Gerza. The podcast shining a bright light on disability, sexuality, and everything in between. Hey there, Disability After Dark listeners, Andrew here. I want to tell you all about a really awesome deal that I got from my friends and new sponsors, Adam and Eve, the number one adult toy superstore. They reached out to me and they said, Andrew, we love Disability After Dark. We love your show. We love what you're doing. And we were wondering if you wanted to run some ads for us. And I was like, fuck yes, I do. But what are my awesome listeners going to get? If I run ads for you, what are they going to get out of this? And they came back with a really fantastic deal that I want to share with you right now. I hope you're getting comfy, cozy, and crippled because this deal is pretty great. If you go to AdamEve.com, you can pick out almost any item in the store, almost any one item in the store, for 50% off. That means you can get one dildo, one lube, and one thing of lingerie if you want for 50% off. And then, once you get that one item for half price, they throw in even more free stuff. Let me tell you all about it. Okay, so you got your one item at half price in your bag and you're ready to go, but guess what? This offer also includes 10 free items on top of that that other item so you get one free item for penis havers one free item for vulva havers one free item for couples and then you also get six free movies from the adameve.com website you can get your favorite porn or an educational film i love free movies they're so awesome this is such a great deal and then on top of that you also get free shipping. What could be better? This is such a great offer. So to redeem this great offer, what you're going to do is you're going to go to adameve.com. You're going to go to checkout and you're going to type in dark pod. That's D-A-R-K-P-O-D at checkout. And you're going to get one item, almost anything in the store at 50% off. And then you're going to get those 10 free gifts, absolutely free as part of your offer. This is such a great deal, and this is just for you, Disability After Dark listeners, and I hope you run over to AdamEve.com and take advantage of it right now. This episode of Disability After Dark has been brought to you by Come As You Are. Come As You Are is Canada's only worker-owned co-op sex shop. Trans-owned and operated, Come As You Are carefully reviews and curates their selection of sex toys, books, and DVDs. Now you can get 15% off your next purchase at comeasyouare.com using coupon code AFTERDARK. Content warning. The language, content, and discussion found within this episode of Disability After Dark will be explicit. Listener discretion advised. Hello, hello, friends. Welcome to the show, friends. My name is Andrew Gerza. I am your disability awareness consultant, your number one queer cripple, your disabled daddy. Disabled daddy. 
Yeah, that's what I am. I'm your disabled daddy. Welcome to the show shining a bright light on disability, sexuality, and everything in between. I am in social isolation right now because of the joy of the new COVID-19 that's happening and going around, so I am not leaving my house. I'm currently social distancing, and that's what this episode's going to be all about. I want to do an episode specifically about this stuff, and so get comfy, cozy, and quarantined, and let's get this show started, y'all. Given the fast-rising and unknown nature of COVID-19, I thought it was really important to sit down and do a bunch of episodes that I'm calling Quarantine and Chill, where I sit down with particular people in the disability community and we talk about how this new outbreak of COVID-19 is affecting disabled people, what it means for them, why we're scared, the stuff we want to talk about. We have so much more time now that I thought, why not just start a whole new series talking about this? Because the voices of immunocompromised and disabled people are often drowned out by people who are not in these situations, and I wanted to make sure that I used my platform as a disabled person to ensure that disabled people had their voices heard around these issues. It's really, really important, and I just I want to make sure that I that I use my ability as a speaker to do that on the show, and it's a really important thing that's really topical right now, so I thought, fuck it, let's do a bunch of episodes called Quarantine and Chill, so that's what the episode will be today, and I'm really excited for you to hear this episode. It's going to be really fun. Let me tell you all about it. Today on the first episode of the Quarantine and Chill series, I sit down with my friend Anthony McAuliffe. He and I have been best friends since 2009. We've been, we've been friends way back. We went to university together and he's somebody that I really admire and I really, we get along. We're great friends. We talk about our friendship and why it's important to have disabled friends. A little bit of this episode, we talk about, you know, his experience having spinal muscular atrophy and what COVID-19 could mean for him as somebody with this level of disability. Um, We talk about some of the things he's concerned about with COVID-19. We talk a little bit about his dating history because we are a sex podcast and it it was kind of fun to kind of go there with him and talk about how he navigates sex and disability. He's a joker. We had a good time. Um, just talking about all this stuff, and it was nice to sit down with a disabled person and talk about the risk of COVID-19, talk about, um, you know, panic buying, Talk. we talk a lot about toilet paper for a little bit. We had a really free-flowing conversation about this, but I think it was really important to bring the voices of disabled people together on this. So for those of you listening who might want to be a part of this Quarantine and Chill series on Disability After Dark, Email me with the subject line, Quarantine and Chill. Let me know you want to be a part of this series, and we can sit and have a chat about your feelings about COVID-19. What are you afraid about? What do you think we can do better? What do you think we need to do for disabled people? What are some cool things you've done as a disabled person when you had to social distance? All that stuff, and all these things that are rapidly changing as this thing comes to light. And I just really think bringing the voices of disabled people to the fore is critically important here. So I want to make this platform open to anybody who wants to be a part of this. And today, you get to sit and hear me and my friend Tony have a really free-flowing conversation about it. So, without further ado, 
Here is my interview with my friend, Anthony McAuliffe, on the very first episode of the miniseries Quarantine and Chill, right here on Disability After Dark. Anthony McAuliffe, hello. Hey. Wow. Hey. Thanks for uh, thanks for coming on Disability After Dark, and thank you for being here today. Yeah, we've talked about this for literally years. This has been we've been I've been trying. Tony is my friend since God, like eleven. Since I since, <laughs> since what? Since I bought you pizza. True. Tony and I were college. iPhones. And what phones? Since we both had iPhones. <laughs> See, the audience doesn't understand it. Tony and I have a trillion inside jokes that nobody listening is going to get. But the way that I met Tony, I met Tony in 2009. Whoa. When, like, before, when Rihanna was still cool and, like, when people listened to the radio. We could see our friends in person. Yeah, before social isolation was a thing. Way back in the day. Um... And we have we've just had a really good friendship for a long time. We've been wanting to do something podcastery for a while now, and so we thought, hey, we're trapped in our respective homes, and it's important to talk about the COVID nineteen thing with disabled people. And we just kind of hatched this idea last night, like last minute, and here it is. So, um, Tony, I just did a cool little intro of who you are, so they all heard about how you're awesome and how we know each other. They all we've heard these stories. But could you introduce yourself to the audience and tell them who you are and what you do? Yeah, I mean, uh, what, it was 2009? 2009, uh, yep. So, like, uh, it was my first year moving in to university, and I, I remember you being, like, this, like, disabled Slim Shady character. <laughs> Like you had like because they had dyed hair, yeah, my hair was dyed blonde. It was like short, like shady, and I just felt like at any time between bites of pasta, you're gonna bust a rhyme. I I cannot bust a rhyme. It's not something anybody wants to hear me do. Um, you can Adele. I can I could bust Adele. I could. Did you post that as like? Yeah, you should give your viewers. A little taste of your Britney Spears lip sync days. <laughs> I don't know. Have I talked? I don't know if I've talked about that on the podcast. There is a YouTube video of me somewhere in the world out there, and I can, I'll find the link to it and I'll post it in the. Oh, yeah. It's probably bookmarked on your page. <laughs> I'll post it in the show notes of the show. It's me doing. It's me doing Give Me, Give Me More, but lip syncing it to myself alone in my dorm room, probably around. 2009? Yeah. May or may not have a shirt on. Do Am I not wearing... I think... <laughs> I don't know. Oh, wow. There was a big phase where you were like, look at me, I'm taking my shirt off, everyone. This is what happens when you bring a really close friend on your podcast who knew you before you had a public persona, whose whole job yeah. it is during this podcast is to make... <laughs> he's going to basically call me out for the next hour. I'm fine with it. It's fine. Um, but, I mean, I think the fans will appreciate your Britney Spears days. It's true. I was a big fan of Britney back in the day, and I wish... It's not like you're opposed to uh, not wearing a shirt now. I feel no. like that's very on brand for you. Most of Yeah, it is on brand for me not to wear a shirt, but my question was, 
Tony <laughs> McAuliffe. Thank you for bringing through throwing it back to to Andrew Gers embarrassing moments. My question was, who are you and what do you do? I'm Anthony. I wear shirts. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I work in. Uh, I did like some assistive technology stuff. A lot of it is like Google Home situations, helping people turn their lights on, helping other disabled people just be more accessible in their environment. Um, I work for myself. I do some consulting, and I might actually be transitioning to work for a company soon, but that's TBD, so we'll see. Nice. And um, if you could just elaborate on, like, what is your disability? And how oh, right. Yeah, I always forget that... I mean, you can probably hear it in my voice, and, like, uh, sort of, like, Kermit the Frog with larynx cancer, but, like, <laughs> um, I have spinal atrophy, which is pretty fun. Basically means, like, you get weaker over time. Um, and uh, all your muscles uh, just uh, get bored oh, eventually. So I'm in a wheelchair. Uh, I mean, I live alone, but uh, I obviously have to have like help getting up every morning. I'm sure your, your listeners know the whole shtick, right? Yeah, I mean, you don't have to go... Spinal muscular atrophy. Wikipedia. You might find a picture of me, I don't know. What? Okay. The, you can, if you want to know what spinal muscle atrophy is, you can go on Wikipedia, but what I was trying to get you to do was to, like, lay it out for how it affects you every day. I mean, I'm basically, like, a head with, like, limbs that wear clothes. And, um, I mean, I use a wheelchair... Uh, it's so hard to think about because it's just like, it's just it. You use a, um, you use a power chair, right? You're a power chair user. The power wheelchair definitely would not be able to push a chair. But also, even if I could, that seems terrible. <laughs> I think I would just be like, "Sorry, guys, I can't do that." And you're gonna have to get me a power chair. Like, isn't that why we live in Canada to get free power chairs? <laughs> uh, no, no. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. Cool. Um, so, tell me a little bit about, um, because we're, we're talking mostly about COVID-19 today and like how to, and all, yeah. all, all that stuff. But before we get there, I do want to ask you kind of, a, because we are a sex podcast, so I do want to ask you a little bit about, yeah. like, I do want to ask you, and I want to embarrass you as your friend, how mm-hmm. has your disability impacted your, like, your sex life? What does it have to do with COVID nineteen? It doesn't, but it's a sex podcast, so he, that's. Um, I mean, I'm generally on the bottom. Um, Whoa. And basically, I've. If you picture like a puppet, like a warm muppet on the bed you can like position in certain ways i mean i don't know so you're like so you're like a marionette doll who yeah yeah you just like put your hand up my butt and you carry me around and then they throw me under the bed hot 
Um, it hasn't. I don't. It's hard to say. Like, I mean, I I think it definitely seems to affect dating in certain ways. Like, well, tell me a bit about that. Like, go like go into that for me. Um, it's it's like uh, if you if you are going to try to go on a date with someone, it's always this weird game of like, how early on do you tell them? Do you tell them right in your bio? Do you tell them uh, on the first message? Do you tell them after you made them laugh once? Do you tell them after you set up a date? Or do you just show up and go, oh, where's the lamp? It's... Uh, <laughs> um. Do you now with your disability like we I can I can definitely see your wheelchair user and there's no like there's no question if I was going on a date with you I would know these things with in terms of like coming out of coming out as being disabled to a date like what kind of things do you come out about do you come out about like how you lose function do you come out about like how SMA affects you like how would you explain if 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 somebody you were romantically interested in was like hey Tony how does disability affect you what would you say I think, like, any time I've been on a date, they already kind of knew me beforehand. So there wasn't really... I don't even know what coming out as disabled means in my situation. Because, like, you can't hide it. I mean, maybe, like, when you show up on paratranspo instead of, like, the regular bus, they're like, wait, why is he on a smaller bus? Um, But, uh... I mean, you just have to be aware that, like, we can't go to uh, certain restaurants. Well, nobody can go to certain restaurants right now, so... Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's the same as, like, if you're vegan, that's almost... You have to be like, you can't go (laughs) to a place that sells only chicken. You cannot go to a place with chicken. Okay. Um, I'm basically... Yes, I'm saying that vegans are disabled. But but okay, I'm I'm just gonna I'm just gonna gloss right over that. Uh, but so like no, but but how do you do you come out about like your loss of function? Do you come out about how do you explain to somebody like, hey, this is my disability and this is how it affects me? I mean, it just comes out like you're if if you're like going to a place and like you go to a museum, you're gonna have to say, hey. Can you grab my wallet? Which is actually an annoying thing that I find in a lot of situations is like, I'll say like, hey, uh, I'll pay for this, but you have to grab my wallet. And almost always the girl's like, oh, it's all good. I got it. Because either that seems easier than them grabbing the wallet or it's just like a power move and I can't do anything. Yeah. Do you feel like emasculated because you can't... do you want to pay as the dude? I think it's kind of cool when the girl pays, honestly. Like, at least some of the time. Like, it's cool when, when it feels like there's no weird, like, imbalance of power dynamics. It, it's nice when you're all on the same page. Yeah, totally. Like, I, I've been in positions where I've been, like, with people for a while, and we might forget to check that a place is accessible because, like, it's just not at the top of our list. Right. And I think that's actually cool when it's, like, you know, it's not, like, the first thing that is 
being thought about all the time. Yeah. Okay, before we move into the COVID thing, I have a couple, like, other things that I was thinking about when you were talking. So you and I have been friends forever, and, like, what do you? why do you think it's important for disabled people to be friends with each other? Not every disabled person, but, like, you and I particularly. What do you think is important for us as two disabled people to be friends? Oh, I mean, well, there's just so many things that only we would be able to relate to. Like, even though your disability is pretty different from mine, like, we both have so many things in common that you just can't really... I mean, you can, but it would take so long to try to get someone to understand your perspective on a situation. So, like, I just think it's a really great way to relate to other people. Like, obviously, I have a lot of able-bodied friends. I have a lot of disabled friends. Um, but it's just, like... Uh, it's a different level of understanding with your disabled friends. Like you, I feel like the jokes can cut deeper because you are both kind of on the same page. And it takes a lot longer for like an able-bodied person to be able to just like roast me about my disability. Yeah, I think like our friendship, since we've known each other, we, Tony, you, the audience totally doesn't get it, but we used to spend, we used to spend literally pretty much when we weren't sleeping we were pretty much in each other's space for about like for a good two years at least yeah I mean, like the the pizza joke i made at the beginning was literally like i'd be in class you'd be probably like working at work or whatever and you just text me like yo we're gonna order pizza tonight which really just meant yo you're gonna order pizza tonight <laughs> and i'll be at your house to eat it I was a really shitty friend, folks. I didn't. I know. I'm pretty sure that I owe Tony about three hundred dollars in unpaid pizza. Three hundred? Are you just to buy me a Domino's franchise? <laughs> um, yeah, that it's true. I really just should. So, but but what like what do you think about before we get into COVID? What do you think is what kind of stuff do you... All of your questions have led with before we get into COVID because we know that it's like the elephant in the room and we can't not talk about COVID, it. COVID, I mean, we're going to get there, but I want to just get all the, like, fluffy things out of the way before we go real deep. Um, yeah, fluffy things, like... Okay. <laughs> like, I forget. I forget what my question was, so let's just go right into COVID. So we're sitting here in the middle of, like, social distancing and social isolation right in the midst of this COVID thing. And it's really, this COVID thing is scary. How do you feel about it? I mean, I've been socially distancing myself from winter since October. So I don't feel like it's that much different, except the risks are crazy. Yeah. And like, you, like you, and I, you and I are, are two people with, um, we're high risk because we both have disabilities that would you know, really be fatal if we got this thing. So, how do you feel yeah, like, about that? Well, I'm sure you guys have already started Wikipedia in SMA by now, but you'll find that respiratory problems are pretty high up on the list of problems. So, something like COVID is obviously pretty scary because you never really know. Like, if it hits you, it's going to be rough. And it's 
just crazy. I mean, obviously, I don't have to tell anyone how insane the world has become because of it. Yeah. Maybe so, probably rightly so. But. And I mean, it's happened overnight. Like, it's just happened. And it's like, what do we do? How do we, how do we, like, but what I'm so concerned about is how little discussion there's been, aside from, like, disability advocates, aside from that, there's really no discussion in the, in the larger population about what do we do about the disabled people that are stuck. Yeah, well, I think that, like, I mean, I think disabled people know this for sure, and it's just, like, probably almost annoying to hear it over and over again. But the people that maybe don't, are, are looking at it from a different angle, maybe forget, like, how unrealistic and impractical and impossible it is for most disabled people, at least disabled people with like our kind of level of needs, where you need someone like at least three times a day kind of thing. Um, and depending on like your living situation, you're going to be seeing various people from various parts of the city who have gone through various things in their own life every day, like, how are you actually supposed to stay distant? And you can't, because, like, literally, like, people are, like, in your face when they're, like, moving you around, putting a shirt on, whatever. They're, Bending like, you over, like, to put your shirt on. I mean, so, yeah. But, no, there are people, like, in, your, in really personal parts of your body touching you. And yeah, they've washed their hands and maybe they have all this protocol, but you can't really social distance the way that um, the way that they tell us to. And also, like, there's a huge thing right now on social media about the proper way to wash your hands. And for a lot of us with, with complex disabilities, I can't wash my own hands. That's not something I can. Well, even... well I think you. Well, you can, but like, I can't even touch my own face. So that's actually a bonus for me because you're not. Supposed to. So, I mean, I got that covered. But, yeah, I mean, we can't go around washing our hands all the time. Um, we can't really... We also can't control who's coming to see us because, like, in my living situation and your living situation, you're getting multiple different people in and every, out every day. Yeah, you're getting and who you get. Some of them also work side jobs in the hospitals, and so they're also more exposed... And then they're coming in to see you and you're high risk and it's it's pretty wild, but I mean uh, it's just I feel like we all know what to do now. So if you play your cards right, limit your risk, then hopefully you'll make it out to be disabled at the end of it. Yeah, but I mean the trouble with limiting your risk is that you c I can limit my risk, but I can't I can't control who the person coming in who what they just were I don't know they, they were on the bus or they were like how they got here I don't know who they spoke to before they came to me like I don't know what they touched so there is a fear of like you not only have to manage yourself and make sure that they take care of you but you also have to, to you know continually ask everybody that walks in your house hey can you just wash your hands hey can you just make sure like and it is kind of scary because if you forget if you like forget that or they forget or something happens where you don't continually ask them like what if you get this thing yeah well I actually had someone recently 
uh, helping me out. And they kept, they work in the hospital and kept being like, um, is it like, do you want me to leave? It's okay for you to ask me to, to leave. It's okay to refuse my care. And I was like, I mean. And you like, were like, I need you. I can't refuse your care. Well I, well, I mean, like, they probably sent someone else. And then that person might have had to go to another person. But it's also just like, it's so hard to know in a situation like this when you're being overdramatic. I, I did ask them to wash their hands maybe a couple more times than I usually would. But, like, overall, it's pretty, it's, it's just so hard to control. And you can't, you can't, like, control when somebody is going, you don't know, because the other problem with this thing is, like, they can be asymptomatic for days. For weeks, apparently, because, like, Idris Elba just got it. And he was like, I have no, I have no symptoms. I'm totally fine. And, but he's positive. According to like all the news outlets right now, as of today, March, what is it? March 16th? Yeah. He has it now, which is weird. So he got tested even though he didn't have any symptoms. Yeah. I wonder why he got tested. Cause he's a celebrity. That, so that's a weird feeling for him to just like know that it's coming. Yeah. Like, like he knows he's probably going to get sick. And all you can do is hunker down, prepare, buy 800 rolls of toilet paper and wait. Um, speaking of toilet paper, as we as we are two people that, that have our asses wiped by other people, and we need that toilet paper, and we have to need, you know, we need it more than most people because of our care needs. Do you feel concerned as a disabled person that there's no toilet paper anymore? No, I mean, I'll probably just end up like hosing off or something if it... <laughs> That's not that good. I, uh, I checked, I actually checked my toilet paper supply today and I'm pretty good. But um, I've made I've made it kind of like a running joke that like anytime someone uses it, I'll be like, only three squares per wipe or whatever. <laughs> it's like currency right now. Yeah, it really is. Like, totally. I, I think that, I mean, are you worried about it? Well, I mean, I have a lot of wipes because I'm a I'm because I'm classy like that. I don't use toilet paper. I use wipes because I'm a bougie bitch. Yeah. I hope you septic safe baby wipes. I don't know. I just get them. I get them. Just get them. They're just white paper towels. <laughs> I'm not, but no, I, I I do think that like these supplies need to be need to be. We need to figure out supplies for the most vulnerable, and I do think there needs to be a supply. Kind of something set up for disabled individuals who need more complex things because eventually, if these things run out, then a lot of people who have complex disabilities like we do, and I mean, we're making jokes about the wipes, but if they have other things where they need things like gauze or they need things like gloves or they need other things to get the care, then we might run out. And then what the fuck do we do? I mean, I don't think people are buying up gauze. Gloves, what I'm saying, well, look, well, but yeah, but nobody knew, nobody thought that the whole world would like buy 85,000 rolls of toilet paper. So, like, what I'm saying is, who knows, right? This Charmin Bear is just like so excited, <laughs> just like rubbing himself up on all the trees. But, uh, did you see that, uh, the press conference today with Doug Ford? I did not. And anybody who's oh. listening in the U.S., Doug Ford is Trump North. He's the premier of the province of Ontario, and he's a big dork. He's pretty conservative. He brother to O.D. Rob, uh, and 
Um, they asked him today and his staff, like, what are you going to do for people in welfare and people with, like, on ODSB or on any kind of, like, disability support or employment support, anyone who literally can't afford to go to the grocery store and buy all the rice on the shelves. <laughs> like, I don't, like, rice is a crazy one, I don't know. People are buying the craziest stuff, but, yeah, I mean, they gave a pretty boilerplate answer as far as I was concerned, but uh, it, is, it's a, it was a great question because, you know, like, there is some There's financial... federal funding right now that's supposed to be being doled yeah, out. In, he said he was going to give out $10 billion, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, maybe, maybe that will happen and that will help, uh, but ODSP or all of those welfare programs are often provincial. So, like, the federal government can maybe give money down to uh, provinces to do something, but we'll see. Yeah, like, I do hope it trickles down. Um, So, is there any any part of this coronavirus thing, like, is there any part of you as a disabled person that, are you scared? Well, pretty much the entire part of me is a disabled person. So, (laughs) okay, my, my eyes are pretty good, but... Um, I'm a little scared just because there's so many factors out of my control. Like, for a lot of people, they can just hunker down, watch a bunch of Netflix, quarantine and chill. But, like, for me and you and so many other people in similar situations, like, we aren't, we don't have that option. Like, people are coming in and out, we don't really control who comes in and who they've been in contact with. And so, I mean, there's definitely a fear there, mostly because I'm pretty aware, I would say hyper aware, that if I do get sick, it's gonna be rough for me, for sure, like to say the least. Like it's not, anytime I've had a cold, it's not like, Oh, it's just a cold. Yeah, no, I've seen you when you have a cold. It's like you're down and out for weeks. Yeah, I'm just like one eye's open and I'm just like eyes and nose and mouth is just reeking. It's it's definitely 40 rolls of toilet paper might not be enough. I mean, it's it's rough. I mean, I am scared of what I'm scared of, and I mentioned this to you last night when we were talking. I'm scared of, you know, going to the hospital and needing needing hospitalization and then having to deal with the thing we always have to deal with in the hospital which is like they don't know how to take care of us already because we're disabled they don't know how to deal with our complex disabilities because they just don't know that's what my biggest fear is i haven't been able to check this but i've heard that in italy i'm pretty sure um because like you know how it works is like so many people get sick a certain percentage of those need hospitalization, and then a certain percentage of those people need mechanical intervention. Yeah. And I've heard that, pretty sure it was in Italy, basically it was like war rules where if you're disabled or you're elderly, like you're on your way out, they're probably going to take that ventilator from you and give it to like the 30-year-old athlete who... 
ninja and it'll probably survive. Wow, so they're gonna kill the they're gonna kill the elderly person, elderly slash disabled person, to make room for the that's horrible. I mean, I haven't fact checked it, but like, even just as a thought experiment, it's kind of crazy. Cause I mean, I get it. it I I understand, you know, like economically, maybe we aren't, uh, like pound per pound contributing as much as another population but it's like a weird time to think that we have to start prioritizing whose life is most worth saving i would challenge you and say fuck that answer i mean i hear what you're saying but we are too fucking contributing what do you think we're doing right now by putting this these views out in the world yeah for sure i mean i think that like our perspective is unique and warranted and valuable um, and I would obviously say that I'm biased because I don't want somebody to pick that other dude over me or whatever. But at the same time, like trying to look at it objectively, when you have to start picking, no matter who ends up, even if they take it away from the 30 year old and give it to me, it's still an awful situation where, of course, we're having to like literally determine who we're going to try to save. Fuck. It's pretty crazy. Um, I, you know, I've been seeing a lot of stuff on social media the last few days about people going out and going to bars and doing all this that they would normally do and being really, I would, I would say, careless about the way they're just going out there and not really caring. How do you, as an immunocompromised and disabled person, feel about... When you see people like, oh, I'm just going to go to the bar or whatever. I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to like go on a trip. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I mean, it's like, I get it. People don't want to just stay at home and be bored. But it's not like, it's not, the decision isn't for you. It's for the people that you're going to come in contact with or like they are going to come in contact with. And then somehow it might end up back giving it to a vulnerable person. Like, yeah, those people might be low risk and have a lesser chance of getting sick or or a better chance of fighting it completely and recovering. But, like, at what expense? Like, isn't it easier or at least isn't it okay to just sit at home for a couple weeks? Like, if there's a time in human history to just sit at home, it's now. We have, like, TV shows from, like, the 80s that are still good that most people still haven't seen. TV shows that came out yesterday that okay, are still let's good. Do, let's do a deep dive for a minute into Tony's favorite, like, retro TV shows. So when you're sitting at home quarantining and chilling, what are you, what are you like, watching? I mean, right now, probably The Sopranos has been one that I haven't seen that I've been... Wait, you've never through. seen it until right now? What? Yeah, I think I'm like season three now. I've been watching it for a few weeks. Oh, man, it's so good. It's really good. But it's it's like, it's such a, it, sometimes it's like too good right now to have work to do. You know, like there's so many ways you can sit at home and distract yourself. Um, Obviously, marijuana is illegal in most of the world in our side 
So that's always amazing. Um, okay, weird sidebar question. As a disabled person with complex disabilities, just for fun, how do you smoke marijuana? Oh man, I'm all, I'm all decked out. I have a, like, a vaporizer that you can control with a remote, so I can control that with my voice over, like, Alexa or whatever. And then I have, like, one of those cheap phone clamps that you would use to hold your phone somewhere, holding the tube at the right position, so it's all by voice. That's kind of awesome. So you can be like, Alexa, get me high? Exactly. Can you hear Did she just respond? Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. It's really good that you didn't say the actual words, because... I might have had to just peace out on this podcast and start smoking. Amazing. Um, I do want to ask you, like, what are some things that you would recommend for as a complex, as a complexly disabled person with complex needs and things? What are some things you would recommend for other disabled people in your position to do right now during this weird social isolation time? What are some things you would want, would want them to know or to do? I feel like it's just a great time to have a great excuse to not feel guilty about doing whatever it is you want to do at home. You can just like read that book that you've been wanting to read, watch that show. Like, you can write that fucking book you've been wanting to write for. Uh, a book if you want to write a book. That's amazing. You can listen to a book. There's so many ways to occupy our time now. Like, uh, uh, I got lucky. I just got like a new office set up and like it's pretty sweet i have no problem spending my entire life here for the coming weeks while this whole thing passes but yeah i mean i think it's just a great excuse to just uh i mean you and i've been talking more because there's nothing better to do than just chill with your friends and hang out honestly like with skype and stuff these days it doesn't really feel that much different than hanging out in person like you're still it's almost the same like there's really i don't think there's a better time to be socially and i don't think there's a better time to to like show the benefits of technology uh, for the like for disabled people and show like how important it is to have this stuff because 20 30 years ago if this is happening you and i we would we'd probably be in like separate rooms in a hospital dying somewhere but this like at least we get to have this it's so crazy to think about like even that long ago how world how different the world was i have a dad who's like obviously you know like pretty old i think he's in like 83 now and i was asking him like do you remember when sliced bread came out was it the best thing since bread <laughs> and and he, he like gave me a straight answer. He was like, eh, it was all right, whatever, no big deal. But what he loved, which is kind of relevant right now, was Kleenex. That was like his favorite invention. Because what did they use? They had handkerchiefs before, right? Yeah, like wash it and like, or like blow their nose in it and then stick it back in their pocket. And then just keep reusing that same snot rag. Ew, and that's so crazy. Yeah, it's weird. But like, imagine... Imagine the world back then where, like, you know, people are stocking up on handkerchiefs and then they're just, like, washing them. Like, how can you keep yourself from getting sick if you're reusing the same 
handkerchief. Right now we can just blow our nose in it, one penny rag, throw it in a trash bin, and then like wait till your cat eats it or whatever. How do you think how do you think um technology can be used to to help disabled people during socialization? Like we've talked about Skype a little bit, we've talked about that. Like what are what are some other technological advances that you think are really gonna help disabled people during this time? Yeah, I mean like as much as I'm not a big user or even necessarily a proponent of social media, no offense, and then that's how you make make your living. Hey, follow me, Andrew underscore Gerza and all the things. Hey, what? Yeah. <laughs> um, but like right now, it's a great way to spread information. Uh, it's a great way to like communicate with people. Did you see that thing where like uh, people are using like the paid Tinder, I think it's called Passport or something? To talk to people in Wuhan. Yeah, I have heard of. I did hear about that. They're using it to like get information out. Yeah, they just like, or or even just be like, hey, how's it going? Are you okay? And just check in with someone. And so I think that's cool. Like the ability that, or just the the thing that is so cool is just it's almost like everyone is living in the same house. So you can just talk to your friends or even people you don't know. You can meet new people. You can meet people in similar situations, maybe learn what they're doing to cope. But yeah, like phones are amazing. Computers are great. Social media, Skype, Google Hangouts. Like, um, and then I think the other great thing is maybe this is a bit of a plug for myself and kind of the work that I do, but like... Hire Tony. Hire him right now. Listen. Um, but... If you can set up your home to maybe like be a bit more automated and you're in a place where you can't turn your own lights on, then you don't actually call an attendant or call a friend or whoever it is that you would have to normally call to help you. You can just ask your virtual slave Alexa to do it for you. And you don't have to come in contact with that person, which is probably a good way to mitigate a bit of risk. You don't have one person in there when you just need to turn a light on or turn the temperature down or something. And do you think having do you think that eventually having more virtual assistance will make it more accessible for disabled people? Oh, hundred percent. I think we've already seen that with like um, Google and Alexa just coming, bringing down the price. Like a lot of the stuff that I'm able to help people with setting up used to cost literally fifteen thousand dollars yeah and now you can do the same setup for a tenth of that or less like you can have a google i just bought another alexa uh for 25 bucks um and it can do everything you can turn your lights on it's the same thing um so yeah like and that's 25 canadian pesos so, we don't have pesos in Canada. I don't easily. We, we use pesos now. Sure. That, 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 that was one of the things that Trudeau uh, mentioned was we're closing the borders and we're using pesos. Great, great. Um, on that weird note that I don't know how to segue out of, uh, this was, do you have anything else you want to share before we go? Do you have anything else you want to say about COVID 
19 and disability that you could talk about? Yeah, there's one thing. Um, I feel like we should start a petition to get Andrew to re-record an updated then and now version of him singing some Britney Spears songs. <laughs> um, I could do a little sample for you right now. Did, did you ever record yourself doing Rolling in the Deep? I feel like that was one of your jams. I think that I did somewhere somewhere in the bowels of the internet. There's, there is probably a... F- I'll find it and I'll post it on in the show notes for this if I can find it. But I think there's... I'm pretty sure there's a five-minute video of me like spastically singing or lip-syncing. Is that what you called it? Like spastic... Spastic, da- spastic Andy? Spastic Candy, I think it was. Yeah. Uh, it's great. Check, definitely check that out. And I want, I want all of you guys, whoever's listening, to pressure Andrew over all of the social media to, do, <laughs> to, to make more of them. And, yeah, just please flood his inbox with messages of song requests, whatever song you want him to do. I'll do it. I mean, I'm sitting in isolation right now. I can't really do anything else, so I will totally do it. So you okay, can so make a long list. You can email disabilityafterdark at gmail.com. Let me know what song you want me to do, and I will do a YouTube of it, and it'll be ridiculous. Don't, no, don't email him, because then he can ignore the ones that he doesn't want to do. Make sure it's a public post so that people can oh, no. jump, pile on and pressure him into doing all of the songs. Andrew is very good at succumbing to peer pressure and public shame. <laughs> on that note, Anthony McAuliffe, thank you so much for coming on this weird impromptu interview that we just did. It was really important and fun to talk to you. I'm so glad we finally did it because we've been literally wanting to do this for like two years. So uh, at some point, I would love to have you back on the show because it was just fun to chat with you. Um, thank you. Yeah, it's not such a dire, weird, ominous time. Yeah, I know, when we're not, when the zombie apocalypse isn't happening. I feel like it's hard to make jokes now. I know. It's like beyond, it's not even funny now. It's like real shit. Um, how do people get a hold, how can people get a hold of you and follow your work and hire you to do tech stuff for them? Um, well, like I said, I might be transitioning. So, uh, I don't, I don't, like I also said, I don't really use social media, but I'll figure out whatever my handle is and give it to you and you can share it amongst your friends. That helps no one listening, but I will make sure that... I'll put it in your show notes right under Spastic Andy. I'll, <laughs> I'll put it in the show notes. And then, McAuliffe, thank you so much for coming on Disability After Dark for this weird COVID-19 episode. Thank you for sharing your views and letting us know how important it is for to socially distance ourselves to protect disabled people in this weird, ominous time. Thanks, Tony. Bye. All right, friends. Well, that's the very first episode of Quarantine and Chill with my friend Anthony McAuliffe as we talked everything from my weird disability YouTube channel where I lip-sync Adele and Britney Spears in 2009 and talk about the importance of what we need to do for COVID-19 in the very first episode of this series. I loved having Tony on, and I loved talking with my 
friend about this stuff, and, and I would love to invite others to come on the show and talk about what COVID-19 could mean for them and their feelings in this weird, crazy time of social isolation and social distancing. Uh, it was a really fun episode, and I really enjoy sitting and talking with Tony. I also really liked being able to sit with another disabled person and just have a free-flowing conversation. I think sometimes when I do this show, I'm so worried about having questions written out. It was nice. When Tony and I were doing it, he was like, no, let's just do it freeform. And it was kind of fun to do it this way. So I'd love to have anybody else on the show that wants to explore these themes around COVID-19, disability, disease, um, ableism around all this stuff. Let's have that chat. Come on the next episode of Quarantine and Chill. But uh, you can reach out to Anthony on his Twitter, which he doesn't really use very much. But you can follow him at on Twitter at underscore Anthony McAuliffe. I'll put that in the show notes. You can also make a donation to the Muscular Dystrophy or the SMA Foundation. I don't remember what that is, but I'll find it out and I'll put it in the show notes too. Uh, this has been... You can, you can also follow my work, actually. And you can follow my work at my final fucking Twitter and social media handles at Andrew underscore Gerza on Twitter and Instagram. Follow me there to be in touch with me personally, or you can follow the show at DisAftDarkPod on Twitter. If you want to go to my website, you can go to www.andrewgerza.com, but really and truly I'm mostly on the social medias, um... And yeah, that's been the episode, and I would love to be in touch with you. So uh, email me at disabilityafterdark at gmail.com with your show ideas, your quarantine and chill requests, or if you just want to be a regular guest, you can do that too. Uh, thank you so much for listening to this latest episode of Disability After Dark, and we'll be back next week to shine a bright light on disability, sexuality, and everything in between. Copyright Notice. Disability After Dark was presented, created, and produced by Andrew Gerza and Cripple Content Creations, with music by Chris Ujiuji. Any and all materials, including graphics, audio recordings, and music, are property of the owner and cannot be distributed or used without express permission. Copyright 2020.